0: Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetsBirds. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me, as always, on Tuesday, Mr. Matthew Rooney. Andy, of course, over at the BetsBirds Golf Channel, talking about all the good stuff. They're about 30 minutes in, so hop on over there and check that out. Or if you got bored of that and you hopped over here, welcome to Brown Bag Bets. We're happy to be here. Matt, how you doing? How's everything since we last talked? I mean, what have you been watching with all these sports going on?
1: I watched so much college basketball this weekend, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, I think we've talked about it here that I don't really get. I kind of watch college basketball here and there throughout the season, but really, once the Super Bowl ends is when I start watching, and then college, you know conference championship weekend is when I really just like it's on nonstop. Had a pretty nice weekend, uh, pretty nice conference tournament week uh, to give myself a nice little uh nice little spending cushion here going into the tournament. so i'm 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 pretty excited. How about yourself?
0: It's just been overwhelming, and I don't watch much college basketball, but I do for about four weeks, and it started last week. I'm watching a ton of that. A lot of the NBA, obviously. Tennis has been okay so far, and uh, there's so much going on. I guess hockey is still chugging along. How, How are we doing? How are things going Or. Of course, these big spreads against bad teams over and over again.
1: That's that's what we're trying to do. And we can find it. And it's almost like you can see the see the graphic coming up that I have for tonight's hockey action. So we can go ahead and put that up. Um, I'm still sticking with fading the bad teams and going with the good teams. I don't really understand the, the Golden Knights getting this much value here at minus one and a half against your Flyers. Your Flyers, not a very good hockey team. They're not playing very good hockey as of late. They've lost four out of their last five. Uh, three in a row have been straight up. And I think the last three, they're getting outscored like 16 to three. Vegas has been really good. They've won four out of their last five. They won three in a row. Two of those wins have come against the Hurricanes and the Lightning, which, you know, two Eastern Conference heavy hitters. Granted, it seems like every team that makes the playoffs in the East is going to be a heavy hitter. Uh, but they're playing really good hockey. And Jonathan Quick, who I talked about coming over from the Kings at the deadline, is a he was a – veteran who seemed to be a little bit over the hill and he got a little bit pissed off getting traded from the Kings and he's playing some really, really good hockey since coming to Vegas. I really like them on the road, getting that much value, almost, you know, one and a half to one uh, over your flyers. Um, And the Bruins, we're going to just kind of try and climb the ladder here. The minus one and a half is just absolutely zero value to it. So we're going to take the minus two and a half, plus 104. We're going to sprinkle it minus three and a half, plus 265 as well. They come to play the Blackhawks tonight. Um, The Blackhawks, as we've talked about several times, they are tanking hard for Bedard. They're bad for Bedard, whichever hashtag you want to use. Boston's... Bad. I like that. Bad dart. I really like that. Uh, Boston has actually lost two of their last three, which is, you know, wild. They're, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to fade the Bruins. No, not really. Uh, they're still unbelievably good. They're allowing just over 2.1 goals per game, 2.14 goals per game allowed. The Hawks are scoring under two and a half goals per game. And oh, by the way, they're down their two leading points, you know, uh, highest point total leaders from this year because they've traded Patrick Kane and Max Domi both. Um, The Hawks give them some credit. They play with a lot of uh, grit. They they don't really give up and quit all that often. They're going to play pretty tough but they're just really bad. Um, And Boston, I think, is going to come in and roll them tonight, especially in a little bit of a get-right spot for them, having lost two out of the last three. So look for Boston to come in and blow out my Blackhawks tonight. Fingers crossed that they do. Uh, We need to keep losing games and keep uh, not getting to overtime so you don't pick up any meaningless points. So give me Vegas minus 1.5 plus 142, and let's climb the ladder with the Bruins tonight against my Hawks.
0: I like this. Is there a four and a half at some sort of ridiculous price?
1: Oh, you know what? I can pull up on FanDuel right now. I would have to. Yeah, th- I think they have alternate lines that go up to maybe even five and a half sometimes. I know they How go up. How often with does the-
0: that happen? Should, oh, should I be putting like I mean, a dollar on that? I
1: mean, now, now we're getting to what I think I talked about on Friday with, you know, Team Canada getting laying six against, you know, the UK hockey team or whatever the hell it is. Um, let's see alternate puck line we have the boston bruins minus four and a half plus six thirty minus five and a half plus twelve hundred minus six and a half twenty to one i don't know maybe a maybe a minus five and a half or minus six and a half who knows let's get weird with it i like it let's climb the ladder let's climb the ladder even higher
0: that's right, exactly let's get all the way up there i like that quite a bit and again nhl the other major sport that continues to go on my nba and no bulls uh, tonight thankfully that's it was nice for everybody involved that um (laughs) we don't have to have the bulls tonight did get the jazz cover that was pretty comfortable uh our big total did sneak over towards the end it turns out the timberwolves were really good and Dance Hawks, not so much. So the Hawks did their part. The Timberwolves, though, that's kind of more important long term. We need them to get up to that six seed and, or even stay at seven. They'll win the play-in tournament. But a handful of games tonight. Uh, Tuesday night, we've got eight games on the slate. Two I have picked for the other six. Again, just a really messy time of the year. The Hornets are seven and a half point underdogs at home against Cleveland. Looks like Jared Allen is out tonight. Again, Cleveland probably covers that number, but I'm happy to kind of skip that game. It was right near. Um, some of the numbers that I had and ran earlier today. Nuggets, one-point underdogs in Toronto. A really interesting number, but you've got no Jamal Murray tonight for the Nuggets, it seems like, and... The Raptors have been very highly rated pretty much all season. Um, and as you start to look, you know, the Nuggets were six-point favorites at home a couple weeks ago against the Raptors. You take Murray out, that gets you to four. You flip it over to Toronto, and that number kind of makes sense to me. So at first glance, you might be surprised to see the Nuggets as underdogs. That should be right about a pick them um, Lakers playing the Pelicans, kind of like the Lakers as a pick maybe maybe playing under there a little bit later, but everything was pretty close to my number. Um Magic Spurs, our Magic should do very well, but Happy skipping that spread and all that stuff. Bucks, Suns, it's a back to back for both teams. Not even really sure who's playing. That's a mess. And lean to the Blazers, but I'm not interested in betting a Blazers game. So the two games I did bet, though, I have an over here in the Washington Wizards Detroit Pistons game. And as much as it is two bad teams playing, uh, they've been putting up a decent amount of points. The Wizards have been great offensively, especially at home. The Pistons are happy to run up and down the floor with some of these teams. And again, although the level of player out there isn't very good, these are guys just trying to get their minutes and um, the more pace there is, generally the more points. Um, I had this closer to 226, so anything 222, 223, I'll probably draw the line right at 223 or lower. Looks like a really nice over spot there. Um, again, it's tough with two bad teams, but this should be a good game. I think Washington maybe just puts up a big enough number to almost get there. With the Pistons not having to do too much even. So, like the over there. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, love them at home. They've been great all season. They're just one and a half point favorites here over the Brooklyn Nets, and it's just a fantastic matchup for them. I mean, not only are they at home, there's really no one on the nets here that's going to take advantage of the Thunder's lack of big men. Um the Thunder have some really nice perimeter defenders and um you know it should be a great game and a lot of fun to watch. But Oklahoma City at home I think it's closer to four. So really anything two or less looks good. So even one and a half and I know how scary that is versus minus one but it very rarely happens. Don't worry about it. Lay the one and a half there at minus one ten. So an over and the thunder. I feel like we're, uh, we're close to calling it our thunder because I feel like every time I'm on this show, you have a
1: thunder bet. And I, I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just I feel like you like to bet them a lot. I feel like that's a team that you kind of trusted or at least seem to have figured out, you know, them a little bit this season
0: they've just been great. They've been great at home and certain matchups are really good for them. I mean, anybody that has a good big man or a couple of players that really attack the basket a lot. And, you know, it might be a good night, say for Cam Thomas, but overall the nets are um, more of a perimeter team and it matches up nicely. So give me the thunder at home and Brooklyn, again, kind of sneakily tanking some of these games. They've been benching everybody a lot lately. So happy to go against them.
1: What do you think about what Patrick's uh, asking here? Is is he still safe with his Jokic MVP ticket or is he just, he just want to have to hedge out? How are we doing there? How are we looking?
0: If you're worried about that, get yourself some Embiid. It's Jokic or Embiid at this point. I think Giannis has been out a little too much. His numbers aren't quite as staggering. And I think, again, we're barreling towards an Embiid or Jokic thing, and it's super close. I mean, you know, exactly. They've got that. They're going to play on March 27th. Last time, Embiid really just kind of punked him, honestly, in Philadelphia. So um, we'll see what he can do in Denver when Jokic is at home. So I think it's pretty close to 50-50 lean Jokic, but – there's enough basketball left to make this decision so um if you are a little worried which maybe you should be i don't know i mean you've got a good ticket but if you bet a little too much on it get yourself some b just to balance the book
1: it's it's interesting that you know the third straight year now the mvp race is going to come down to two centers
0: it's unbelievable what's happened in the league. I mean, in terms of what Jokic has been able to do, and, and Bede has a chance to be the first center, I think, in uh, forever to be a back-to-back scoring leader. Um, it's just that incredible what the wild. two of them are doing. Should I talk some baseball? I, I mean, I, I don't care, but <laughs> come on, I mean, you've you got it. I like these. Your Phillies just went to the. This is this is fascinating. Here, Chris, we're Sale. talking
1: we're talking injured pitchers. We're talking, well, I shouldn't say are injured now. We're talking, we're talking, yeah, off- I mean. that we're talking, we're under talking that makes a oft of yeah, injured pitchers. Um, <laughs> I like one over and I like one under I'll start with uh, with Chris sale out in Boston. I'm going to take his over 165 K's for this year. I- I'm-, I'm banking on him being pretty healthy. Yes. But when fully healthy, he's a guy that goes way, way, way over that total. Like it's like, you know, uh, 2019, his last full season he threw Wasn't even a very good year for him. Had a 4-4 ERA, was 6-11 through just 147 pitches. Still struck out 218, 158. uh, uh, Excuse me, 237 strikeouts. Um, He's a guy that goes way over this total when he's healthy. So I like him, even if he's not totally fully healthy this year, I think 160 is, is a number that he can cruise by. Um, you look at his injuries yeah he had Tommy John a couple years ago but you look at that for pitchers um, that's not something that's really necessarily a career anymore that's something that pitchers just pretty much get that's a couple years ago now and since then the injuries for him have kind of been the freak ones he took a line drive off his thumb like that's not really an injury prone thing that's a freak injury he had some broken ribs like that's not really an injury prone thing that's just kind of a bad luck so this is me banking on Chris Sale staying relatively healthy this year, not even a full season. Low number. Also, it's it is it's a very low number for him, and also it looks like Corey Kluber is going to get the opening day nod in Boston. And Chris Sale is a very temperamental um, pitcher. He's a guy that likes to have a chip on his shoulder. And he's going to say all the right things in the media about not getting the opening day nod, but I think that's something that you see him come out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder on for too. Um, so give me that over my 160 and a half. That's not a very big number for him to clear, and it's not something where he's going to have to be healthy all year or really more than like 60% of the season, honestly. If he's you know throwing how he can, and we're going to take Jacob Degrom's under 188 and a half. This is me going the other's way. I, I just. He hasn't been healthy in two years. He hasn't uh, – let me pull up his MLB reference here. He hasn't thrown over 95 innings in the last two years. He hasn't been anywhere near healthy. He was really healthy in the COVID year, uh, was really good then, struck out 104 over 68 innings. But the last two years – I mean, he's going to strike out some people when he's on the, on the field, but this is just me banking on him not being on the field. I took the bait and sprinkled on him a little bit and, uh, NL MVP last year. Obviously, that came back uh, to bite me big time. But I, I don't think in Texas this year, after signing the big deal, that he's going to be all that healthy. I don't think that they're going to be a team that's all that good. Um, I, I think that under one one eighty eight and a half is is a I don't, I'm not going to call it a lock, but I really like that number. I just think it's a high total for him for a guy that hasn't been able to stay on the field and who's had, unlike Chris Sale, not necessarily bad luck injuries. He's had oblique issues, which are common for pitchers. He's had uh, forearm and elbow discomfort. Like these are lingering issues for pitchers, unlike Chris Sale's injury, where you know he takes the line drive off the thumb, he breaks a rib, whatever. Um, I, I like leaning the under. There as good as he is, I think he's going to be really good when he's on the field. I'm just not sure how often we're going to see him this year, because like I said, signed the big deal um, on on what's probably going to be a pretty bad baseball team out there in Texas. So give me the Chris Sale over 160 and a half, Jacob DeGrom under 188 and a half.
0: Talked me into this. I like both of these quite a bit. And right. The I, there's respect, some logic
1: with the sale there. I know you, you were skeptical at first. We got some logic there.
0: Well, I like it. You talked about they're not really you know soft tissue injuries or injury yeah. prone kind of stuff. Just a little unlucky. And 160 is a very low number. DeGrom, as good as he is, I mean, when's the last time he pitched more than 20 games, 25 games?
1: Exactly. I mean, like if, before the COVID year, he was staying healthy. And, you know, he was fine. I'm looking here before he had 201. Uh, innings thrown in 17, 217 and 18, 204 and 19, uh, won those those Cy Youngs in 18 and 19. But really since the COVID year, those two years, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. He hasn't cleared 95 innings in either of those two years, and those have been full seasons. And you know, I mean, the 2021, he had the ERA almost under one for those starts. But again, he threw 92 innings. So I, I, uh, I, I'm going to uh, – I feel bad betting on an injury, but like I just – history shows with the the last couple of years that health isn't there. And I don't know about you, but the older I get, my body doesn't tend to, you know, feel better and stay healthier. Usually things start to break down a little bit more. And if these are these soft tissue injuries, you know, the, the elbow, the the oblique, it's not something that's going to get better.
0: Yeah, that, that stuff is tough. So we'll see how he does. I love to it. Should be a mm-hmm. lot of fun, but Let's move forward and while we're waiting for sports this afternoon, this tonight, tennis this afternoon, there's tennis all afternoon, there's some great matches and a nice symmetry there was eight NBA games there's eight women's tennis matches, and again six matches I didn't bet Two that I did, I'll start with a very familiar bet here, a first set over nine and a half here for invondrasova Mahova. Um Really like the over here. These are two women that play really tight matches, both from the Czech Republic have played each other a bunch of times in WTA events and otherwise, and expect this first set to be really tight. Um, We'll stack this one up when I get a chance to a little bit later, probably. I mean, nine and a half at anything better than standard juice looks good. I had this closer to minus minus one twenty-five. And then we're going to go back to Iga Shuiantec unders. These were just cruising for the last couple, excuse me, the last couple weeks. Um, Andreescu really played one of the best matches she's played in a long time. Gave Iga everything she had yesterday and um, finally kind of pushed one of these matches over. Um, got pretty lucky here. The market adjusted back up to 18 and a half. I had this closer to 17 and a half myself. Um, Rod O'Connor has been a really nice player, but uh, it should be absolutely outmatched today. And the way Ega got pushed around yesterday, I expect her to come out and play really well today. She generally responds in these spots. So going to take under 18 and a half games there. And we'll just get back to Ega smacking people around and again an ova nine and a half in a, that first set there in the other match both of them will be this afternoon
1: i like that i got a plus money over and then i got what's been on ega be, ega to be dominant i really like that too i'm in i'm in on both of them maybe i pretty
0: straightforward and again you've been watching all this college basketball before we get into this have you filled out a bracket yet
1: uh i have filled out one bracket i believe i had alabama beating houston in the final um and then uh, who else did I have in the final? For I had Memphis and somebody else I can't remember.
0: I still but it wasn't don't know it wasn't what a region. Let me anything. see which which region it is. Yeah, I don't know who to pick in the East. I don't want to pick Purdue. I went Houston with Memphis
1: in that region, like and I, I, it might be recency bias because they smacked Houston, who was uh, I know down a player in the uh, in the AAC final. But I think that that reason's pretty wide open. I think Marquette has a pretty nice lane to do it too. I my my brother went to Purdue. I root for Purdue basketball because he's a big fan. I'm not you know a diehard, but I casually root for them. I was at the Big Ten Championship game at the United Center on Sunday and watching them try and hold on to a lead late against the Penn State team that's fairly talented, but you know, they're gonna run into some more talented teams in this region. Um, I don't trust them to close out basketball games. They're they're basically I mean, they're Zach Eady or bust for the most part. They have a few guys that can do some good things, but when you're starting backcourt as both freshmen um, and they struggle to break a press, it's it's it spells trouble for me come tournament time. I think I think they're talented. I just don't like the lack of experience in their backcourt with their two guards.
0: It just looks like another Purdue team with some soft big guys and guards that aren't really that good. Zach Eady is really good. Big Ten collapse.
1: Z- Zach Eady is a really, really good basketball player. And if they had, like, it's a shame that last year they fell because him paired with Jaden Ivey and having, a, you know, an elite guard who, you know, can handle the ball and score from out there. That was really their their big chance to go and win a national title. Obviously, they lost to St. Peter's. Um, this year, just as good as Ed is, that's that's pretty much all they got offensively. As He is – when he gets the ball on the low block, turns to his right and hits that little hook, I think I was counting. He was like eight of nine on that shot from the field on Sunday. He's really good with it. But that's – that's if he's not going or if he gets into foul trouble, they're done.
0: Uh, I like that quite a bit. And that's, that's why I need help with that east region because I don't want to pick Purdue. I'm not going to pick Duke. Don't Sleeper don't Memphis, best value, probably Marquette. Marquette's they points not pick Kansas really- State because no one else is going to pick Kansas State. I'm you just could goofy like that, but agree with you on Houston. I had them. I've got UCLA, and the um, that's West. who I got. Then- that's my
1: other team, UCLA. And
0: then the, the bet I did want to pick about the team that I like quite a bit in the South, and again, coming at this with you know just a week's preparation. Um, but as I start to look at, you know, the tournament, the way these things generally set up, you know, what kind of teams you're looking for, um, Creighton checks all the boxes for me. they are a six seed in the South, you know, they've got to, um, there've been Alabama's quarter there and they're going to have a tough second round game probably against Baylor, but this is a really strong team. They've got solid depth. Um, you know, the difference between their best players and worst players, isn't that wide. And they have plenty of good players to kind of make up for that. You kind of want balance here in this tournament, especially where you've got five fouls in the NCAA. And the worst thing you can have is your best player. You get two fouls in that first four or five minutes of the first half and you're just dead. So I like teams that are a little deep. They've got some experience. Um, They've played a lot of good teams this year. They make their free throws. One of the better free throw shooting teams in the tournament. They have one of the better three point shooting, not only rates, but um, make percentages of any team in the tournament. So again, play really strong defense. I'm curious to see how that matchup with Baylor goes. I really think the winner of that game takes this um, section. As good as Alabama's been, that second round game against Maryland, Virginia is going to be kind of tough. I'm sorry. Maryland, West Virginia is going to be tough. Then either San Diego state, maybe Virginia there in the second round. And um, by the time they get to, you know, the the quarterfinal, it's hard to think of that. It's weird making, using tennis terms, but it really is just a quarterfinal um, against either Creighton or Baylor. I, I like either of those teams. So, uh, really happy to take Creighton here. These are some nice numbers. You know, plus eight hundred to make it to the final four again to win their quarter, just to make the quarterfinals there, plus three ninety. So two really nice numbers here, and I'm backing the. Uh, I guess they're the Jays. I didn't actually put their mascot once.
1: Think they're the Jays. I think they're the Jays. Is it
0: just a J? I think it's very simple. A J. I feel like they would add it's Blue, blue Jays, Dan.
1: Blue Jays, Dan chiming in from uh, from above there with that voice.
0: Producer Dan knows all the mascots. He does.
1: I like that what if any, I, that I, would be I like a fun event.
0: contest to have print out all the um division one uh college basketball schools and leave it blank and have to see how many people can fill in all the mascots
1: uh, i'd do okay for a lot of them but once you get to those the major schools i'd struggle big time I'd just guess, i just mean, guess I like feel like the people for that could do them.
0: 300 just off the top of their head or something or 250 at least
1: yeah i think i'd just get i'd get to a point where i just start guessing tigers knowing i'll hit a few of them
0: I like that. All right. Anything else we have to cover today? As always, my favorite thing. Let me check and see. Is there random soccer today?
1: Uh, I think there might be. I think no. Wednesday's Premier there's
0: Champions League. League today.
1: Oh, what do we have today? Who's on? We've got Taking Porto both.
0: And, Porto and Inter Milan, and then Manchester City against Leipzig. I feel well, like I'm going I probably won't under take this. over. I- yeah, I'm going what to take do, the
1: Manchester City over. I think they might. I don't know what it is, but I know they're really it's good. Three, that it's five. three at
0: plus money, and I know that I Ooh. hate handicapping stuff this way, but they really want you to bet the over three plus money.
1: I'll take it. I'll bite.
0: I think I am going to take. I'm going under day. over. But yeah, I'll go under in Porto Milan. Maybe a draw in Porto Milan too. Oh, I like that. I'll, Zach's sprinkle, score, I'll sprinkle. I'll sprinkle. Zach score one one Porto Milan.
1: What's the what's the what's the odds on that? I have no idea. Okay, let's take it. I'm in.
0: It's a nice big plus money. Maybe I'll play the 0-0. Zero zero t- I'm t-
1: excited t- for after this show when we have our, our wrap-up with Dan, where he tells us how bad our soccer picks are. Now.
0: Yeah, let's just go under-over. We'll keep it nice and safe. under-over under over today in Champions League. There you go. Um, mechanical money parlay, but I just saw that question from Patrick. I don't think so, Patrick. I mean, this the price for Creighton build-in basically them playing Alabama. So if Alabama gets knocked out, your, your money line rollover is going to get really messed up at that point. And then, you know, maybe we get lucky and Baylor gets mess, messed up in the first round. So th- that's kind of why I like some of these futures better than the rollover parlays.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I think there's time and place for them, but I like your future here.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. Great job in the comments. Give us a thumbs up, dump a comment down there at the bottom, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for some home Day action.